Welcome to Discipleship 2, Reaching Beyond Mediocrity. Lesson 5, Possessing God's Peace, Overcoming Anxiety, by Paul Buckman. This is produced by Biblical Foundations for Freedom, www.foundationsforfreedom.net. This is first given at Oakland International Fellowship in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you ever wondered whether anxiety is a normal part of life, or that there's something better, please stay tuned. This message provides a lot of practical advice on how to find God's peace in your life. Much better than anxiety that the world says is normal or common. It's just wonderful to be able to join together going through this Discipleship 2, Reaching Beyond Mediocrity class. It's helping us step-by-step understand how God wants to bring victory into our lives through His Word. Last week we talked about overcoming anger gaining that sense of long-suffering, forbearing others, so that we don't have to burst out in anger. Today we're talking about possessing God's peace, overcoming anxiety. Very important lesson, especially with all the things happening in our society. We find that anxiety is just uh, seizes the lives of so many people, catches them as a prisoner. Probably one out of seven, eight people in America have a serious problem with anxiety. It costs the U.S. more than $42 billion a year, almost one-third of the total U.S. health budget. And a lot of it's because it's repeated. Anxiety, it's never solved. You're adjusting medicine. You're going back and forth. And it spreads, and it troubles people. The modern world, though, finds that worry is troublesome but normal. And this is where we have to stop and say, this notion... Is from the world, and it might be common and accepted and normal in the world, but it is not normal in the kingdom of God. Jesus said three times in Matthew 6, do not worry. Stop being anxious. What we want to do is start taking the principles we've been learning and be able to start using them in a practical way. Now, to you, anxiety might be sound like a very confusing and complicated matter. But I want to break it down to show you that it's not as difficult as it seems. You don't need a doctorate to deal with it. The world basically says we don't know how to solve it, so we will just distract you. We will just give you drugs. You just occupy yourself with some busyness, and you will not be so anxious. But God has a way of not only overcoming and stopping anxiety, but to give you peace. This is the peace that passeth all understanding. Okay, The peace that passeth all understanding. And we want to pray and ask God to be able to have those that peace of heart. Let's pray. Lord Almighty God, we want to praise and thank you that you're doing mighty things around the world. Money cannot buy this peace, but it is what you secure for your children. In a day of great changes, In a gray day, Lord, that we don't know what to expect, what huge company might close down, what the stock market might do, we know it's a time, Lord, that we can trust in you. Even though the terrorists might blow up things near us or some troublesome persecution breaks out, you are there with us and with all your children across the face of this globe. We pray that you might speak peace to our hearts now and teach us how, Lord, we can Listen to Jesus' words, and don't be anxious, but to trust you. Now teach us these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So let me continue on, and I will pause at different places to help you. I, I want you to understand, this slide, when you look out there, you understand anxiety, you will see people all around you that are anxious, that are troubled by their worry. And they might say they're how they're doing, you ask them, oh, fine. But you look in their eyes, and once you start recognizing it, you'll see worry scattered over the hearts of people. It is one of the greatest ways, inroads, to sharing the gospel with people. I want to continue on and focus. Now, God wants us to have a God-focused confidence. And very clearly, if we understand and focus on what God has for our life and be able to trust Him, we won't worry. And that's just basically the summary of it all. But I want to show you practically how to do that. Okay? It's easy to hear something like this, but it's kind of difficult to know how to step into that. How do you actually trust God to take care of you? Now, the world, I want to show how the world handles these things. We have what we call a misplaced confidence and a lack of confidence. We went through a series, and I know I haven't got your sheets to you yet. I'm going to email those things to you. I've been pretty busy uh, running about. But I'll, I'll get those things to you. The definitions that you wrote, they were excellent. And, uh, you know, I would just say because of those definitions you wrote about all the different attributes, uh, you know, I, I know you know enough to be able to overcome worry. I, I could just tell from your, what you said. Now, last week we spoke on anger. That was a misplaced confidence. You're putting confidence on your ability to manipulate control to gain the kind of situation that you want, think that you deserve. A lack of confidence, though, and we'll find out, is, is the other decision. You see, it's the other side of things where you don't have control of things. Now, I'll explain that in a minute. But this is where we're going to find anxiety today, as one that you have a lack of confidence. Anger was misplaced confidence, but the lack of confidence will fall in the area of anxiety. It's a result of trusting things that were not right. Read with me, if you have, from your sheet or the slide um, from Jeremiah 2.13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, understand here. So what would you say, there's three things that represent here, okay? First of all, you make hew for yourselves, you make for yourselves cisterns, which are like rocks or caverns where it collects water. That's the misplaced confidence, okay? It says, this is what they've done. You've forsaken me and you've hewn for yourself cisterns, okay? Now, cisterns, but they did that, but they forsook God. God is what? Described as a fountain of living water. What's the difference? Well, a cistern's pretty small compared to a fountain of living water. Living water comes right to you, fresh and clean. It's always there, coming. A cistern, you're depending on, well, hopefully it rains, you know, we might have some. and I don't have enough, I can't share with you. You know, that kind of concept. Now, this is what the, what's, what's happened in many cases. But there's also something he describes here, what we'll be focusing on with anxiety, is the broken cistern. Not only that you have a cistern, but you found what you trusted in has a crack in it. What does that mean? Even the water that you collected, the small amount of water you collected, you don't have. You see the hole. You see the problem. And even what you trust in, God says, I'll break that idol. And, and this is basically what he does. 
Now, I want to give you a, a, a little bit more picture here of what's happening. The idol, you see, once it's broken, and, and somehow we've trusted in something. Uh, maybe I've put my money in this company, or I've put my, all my money in my education for my job, but now I don't have a job. Well, you, you can see how you put your hope in those things. Not that it's wrong itself. It's where you're putting your trust. What happens is when that idol's broken and that's taken away, and sometimes we don't know we're putting our hope in it until it's taken away. Now, that's the, that's the hard part about these things. But when we have anxiety, that is one of the curses that come about and show us that we have not trusted God. That's the broken sister. It's a result of an idol that's broken, and we no longer have confidence in it, and it results in what? A curse. That's the anxiety, okay? That's the anxiety. Jeremiah 17, 5, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. You see, you're going to find a curse there. You're going to find anxiety when that's broken. And they won't have any hope. And that's what anxiety is. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. And it's so important for us to understand this. Now, I want to contrast that with the Lord, what we want and desire, because this is what we're actually looking for. We are not only trying to say no to this, we're trying to say yes to the Lord. Now, when you trust the Lord, what happens is you put more faith in the Lord, and there's more blessing that it comes into your life. There's more. More faith in the Lord, more blessing. He wants to bring you closer so he can bless you more. And that's how it works. You can't have more with the Lord unless you get closer to him. And that's the condition. And that's partly protecting us from pride. Because unless you're closer to the Lord and you realize his gift and his love and his power, if he gives you gifts and uh, wonderful things, then you get built up with pride. And so this is where we have the peace. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water. What a difference. Notice the contrast. This is just adjacent verses here. Cursed is the man, blessed is the man. And you can see anxiety is actually a curse on your life because you have somehow put your hope in something <coughs> that you have thought that would supply that. Now, again, we need to distinguish that. That's not saying that I, as a farmer, don't work and put seed in the ground and hope that it grows. But I have to have a hope that's deeper than my occupation, my skill, my bank account. This is the important thing. And that hope in the Lord will begin to shape our priorities in life. So that's the peace we want. And that's what we're looking at today. Now I want to just take the same chart, but I want to go a little bit deeper here, focusing just on anxiety. Okay? So... We have the lack of confidence here, and worry itself comes from, this is one of the definitions uh, in terms of just describing, worry comes from doubting God's willingness or ability to provide for a person's perceived needs. It doesn't necessarily even need to be a real need. It just has to be a perceived need. That means a need that we think we have. Sometimes we think we need something, but we don't. But if we worry, we can still worry over it. And it can still bring us down. So where does it come from? Doubting one of two things, God's willingness or his ability to provide. 
Okay, that's a lack of confidence. We're lacking. We're doubting God. We don't have that trust in God. And because of this, in our mind, this is our belief system, we don't trust him. We're basically saying, I, I don't believe God. Now, the opposite is that peace comes from trusting God to take care of our genuine needs. Here's the opposite. Peace comes from trusting God to take care of our genuine needs. And this is why if you're believing what is said in the word of God, that God will take care of me, you won't be anxious. Even in a troublesome situation. Now, I, I have at one point, for example, been really worried about something. But then when I change and put my trust in God, I'm in the same circumstance, but no worry. There's a big difference. Again, we'll go through that steps there, okay? On your sheets, you'll find that there's some, there's two exercise sheets I gave you. Actually, there's actually four exercises on there. Kind of got carried away. You do not have to do them all. I, I know some of you are uh, heart-stricken here and starting to worry. Um, but don't. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Don't worry. But on the sheets, it's trying to help you to understand you and your response to worry. I, and my wife is giving me permission to share some things. My wife, for example, used to get very worried about going on vacation. So worried, she just didn't want to go. Now, who would ever not want to go on vacation, right? But what happened? Uh, and it would be so difficult, you know, because I'd have to be patient because I didn't know how to pack up everything for a lot of kids. And, but she would be overwhelmed at just what it took to pack. And she would be worried about it to the point that she wouldn't want to pack it all and put it off to the last minute. And then, of course, you know, we're in the middle of the night trying to say, oh, Linda, won't you pack for us? And, uh, you know, and she knew what she should do, but she was just petrified. It was too much for her. Not the job actually was not too much, but she was worried she couldn't handle it. It overwhelmed her. When God opened her eyes to that, all of a sudden, vacation became a joy. She no longer worried, but she trusts God to give her the ability to take care of that. And you see the difference? Same situation, maybe even more kids <laughs> came along at that point, and yet she trusted God. All right, somehow you will help me to do this. So, I had to, be, as a husband, of course, you know, be patient, not get angry. We could apply a lot of different things here. But you see, I had to pray. I was secretly praying that God would somehow help her to be able to gain that confidence and faith to be able to take the next step. So but what are the things that we actually we worry about? And this is what you can start writing on your exercise sheet, or you can just share with me now. What are, you can just tell me, what are some things people worry about? Money. Uh, what about money? Um, Having too much. How to pay bills. Okay. <laughs> how to pay bills? They don't now. You mean they don't have enough money to pay bills? Okay. Some people are troubled over. What am I supposed to do with this bill? <laughs> That's another worry. Yeah. Okay. Something else. 
That's that's a fear, a real one. I worry about presentations. Okay. All right, presentations. Oh, what particularly? Uh, what part of the presentation? Oh. Preparing it? No, giving it. Yeah, okay. And, and what kind of makes it difficult? Oh, just public speaking, I guess, being in front of large groups. Okay, right, yeah. You know, I, just this last week, I had to give a message in Chinese, and I, I was, um, I, I'm always nervous anyways, but uh, if you know my background, you'd even know more why I get so nervous. But early in the morning, you know, God used his word to help me so I wouldn't be nervous. If I'm nervous, I'm focused on myself and things get worse. But he, I was going through Jeremiah chapter one and he just opened up the word of God when I started reading the devotions. I started reading through the book of Jeremiah that day. And he was just talking to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, oh, I, I'm young. I don't know what to say. And God says, you know, I am with you. I will take care of that. And so Jeremiah, what God was trying to say is, when I ask you to do something, I will give you grace to do it. And so I could just apply that to my own heart that day. Yes, Lord, that's right. You've asked me to come here. I'll trust that somehow you help me to get through that. And you see how it works? And so I could trust him in that and then later see God's grace. What are some other examples? Health, health. yes. They're not worried about having too much health. They're worried about not having health, right? Exactly. One or two more things? Okay, what about school? Uh, people worry about them. Okay, not... Okay, good, good. All right, they don't do well enough. How they'll do on their exam. Yeah. And so we have uh, a whole lot of different things, uh, you know, how relationship might turn, what my spouse might be thinking, whether I know what to say, whether I have the stamina to get through a certain circumstance. All these things, all these things can trouble us so much. Let's go on and describe uh, worry a little bit more. You know, worries are troublesome recurring thoughts. And I want to just kind of help us get a feel of how they affect us. Now, this is the emotional side here. I can't focus. I feel overwhelmed. I'm nervous. I'm agitated. I might give up. It's all those kind of packaged feelings. Sometimes you have one more than the other. Sometimes they're all merged together that you just feel like, I can't do anything. And they just kind of all inside you. You can't kind of separate them from yourself. Now, these are more your feelings, and it's kind of hard to break through them, aren't they? Those are symptoms, by the way, uh, and it's because we're worried. Physical, too. There's, there's headaches, muscle tensions, you know, dry mouth, fatigue, tense, stressed. Uh, there's just so many. And, of course, there's spiritual um, symptoms too, and we've been already talking about those. Spiritual symptom of worry, of course, is uh, not being able to trust God, being preoccupied about different things. I remember once trying to go on a um, missions trip, and the money wasn't in, and at that time I was sp sponsoring two conferences. I didn't. Have, I only had money for a one-way trip. 
And uh, some of you say, well, that might be enough. That's all you need. But uh, I, I didn't have enough. And it was only like all, less than two weeks away. So I, I had to cancel. I couldn't get a ticket, you know. And, and I was praying. Oh, I remember I was so worried. I was, I was going around the backyard. I said, Lord, you know, what's going to happen? And all this. And I, it started just, I, I sit at my desk. I can't concentrate. You know, I did this, this, that. Then... I started crying out to the Lord, help me. And he brought two thoughts to mind, two actually short phrases from God's word. Five times I'll share with him, share with those with you later. At least one I can remember. And all of a sudden, he took away my worry. You know, I confessed it. He just took it away. And I had peace. And I saw, you know, thousands of dollars come in the next couple days. Within, you know, it, it was just amazing. It, it, that was the way he provided. I mean, I had no money in the bank account, no backup system. This was it, you know, I had no money. I just couldn't go. And yet he brought it in, in his special way. Now, he knew he was going to bring it in. The plans were already all set how God was going to take care of me and the people there ministering in India. But my problem was I just doubted him. And when I doubted him, then I began to have all these problems inside me. Now, I want you to understand the history of anxiety. It's very important for you to know the history of anxiety. And you say, what is that? This is what the modern world misses out. The modern world believes man is just evolutionary, you know, kind of developed. They don't know a history of anxiety, so they cannot solve it. This is the problem. Okay, so why do we worry? Why do people worry? A squirrel, does it worry? No. People worry? Yes. Okay, and this is the reason why. Man was made with a total trust in the Lord. This is the way he's designed to function. Normal means, I know God will take care of all my needs. It's a built-in consciousness and awareness of my life. When man fell, what he did, and Eve in particular, she stopped believing that and started believing that she needed something that God didn't provide and that there would bring a greater blessing in the way she chose it. That and Adam, of course, participating in that, brought man to fall in such a situation that man no longer trusted God. So man, since then, has become preoccupied with meeting his own needs. He does not trust God. If all is well, he does not worry. In other words, if he's meeting all his perceived needs, he's not worrying. He's happy, right? But this is the problem, okay? So man sometimes is well, sometimes he doesn't. Now God's goal, of course, is to restore us to the image of Christ. What that means is bring us back up on par to where Adam and Eve was. He gives us the Spirit of God so we can obey God just like Adam and Eve did. Now, we have a bad history. Adam and Eve didn't at that point. But the power and our ability through Christ is the same. So our ability is to trust God completely for our needs in Christ Jesus. And this is just so powerful.
Now, you need to be a Christian to get there, okay? You won't get, if you're there, this is where you stay. You can't go and trust God if you're not a believer. The father takes care of his children. He doesn't take care of the others, not his children. The father takes care of his children. You need to become a child of God to find that need. Now, the problem is not all of God's children trust him. Now, we're going to get into the same situation as there as what happened to Eve when Satan came in and began to twist some words, confuse her to turn the eyes off the Lord onto something that he would suggest. Yes? Quick question. Did you say that panic disorders and anxiety disorders are a sin? Like if, if a person comes to a counselor and he has a panic disorder, would you say it's a sin or a panic attack? I, I think the question's kind of wrongly framed. If I have anxiety, I have sin. Anxiety is proof I'm not trusting God. Anxiety means, I don't trust you, God. You say you're faithful, I don't believe it. So it's asserting my knowledge above what God said in his word. So it's that sense of rebellion. Now that panic disorder, um, anxiety, distress, uh, and and the more extreme forms are only the same thing as worry but multiply it over, and the, and the cycle's going quicker. You need to go, I have a whole series, Overcoming Anxiety, Finding, Discovering God, Finding God's Peace. And I discuss that much more, that I cannot talk about that here because of time. I guess my, my main question is, when you think about depression, you don't always think of depression as a sin because there could be chemical, chemically imbalance in the brain and stuff like that. That's more of my question, is it possible that there can be something wrong in the brain itself that can cause anxiety, just like the brain can cause depression, and I wouldn't say that depression is always a sin, it depends on how the, if it's circumstantial depression, I would consider it more of a sin than... Okay, you're talking about another topic here. That's what I'm saying, can anxiety be in the same way as depression, not... I think would be a lot better finding that anxiety, in these cases, you have to see there might be chemical changes that happen, and they're discovering chemical changes that happen. But the chemical changes are often happen because we are so in disobedience. We're not trusting God. We don't have peace. And all inside us, we're starting to have different changes. Now, you can say that the chemical is inducing anxiety. Yes, partly but also we're inducing the anxiety by not following what God wants. So it's a lot better to focus, again, on the steps that God has. And as, as again, if we know the source of anxiety, then you'll be able to see that there's a difference. Uh, let me go on and be able to identify the source of anxiety here. Now, we talked about this emotional uh, thrust in our minds. We're so focused, uh, with the, we're consumed with the worry that we can't focus on other things to the point where it gets more excessive that I, I can't even handle daily task. Okay? Now, what I want to find out, and what's so important here, and because of the history of anxiety, we can know this. What starts worry? It's not what you're feeling. What starts worry? Okay, when we go back to the definition, 
of worry. It's when we, the faith definition, we are not trusting God, two things, right? God's willingness or ability to take care of all my needs. Since we were made in God's image to trust him, when we don't trust him in that way, worry develops because we don't have a way of providing for those things. We're very insecure. And so what happens is there's certain phrases in our mind that pop up. I can't do it. I don't know what to do. What will people think of me? Now, what I want you to understand here, you need to focus on what are those thoughts that are in your mind. Eve first turned away when those thoughts came into her mind, and then it brought her into a decision. The thoughts themselves aren't sin, but when you think of those and they become part of you without trusting God and taking God into the factor, then you're beginning to come up with a solution. For example, I can't do it. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it might be about a bill. It might be about an exam. What am I going to do? And so when you start thinking about that, apart from God's supply and his faithfulness, you're looking only to your resources. Now, if you have a handy idol, you know how to cheat, for example, for an exam, you know, something like this. You have a way of stealing money for a bill or getting someone else, you know, you, you have, those are your devices. But the point is here, I can't do it. But God has a way. And if you brought God into that thought, God would bring you to comfort you with his word, I will take care of you. And so what Satan tries to do is separate these thoughts from God and his provision for us in our life. These thoughts are so important. They instigate worry, and they will be what worry builds on in the future. Worry's most difficult part is not just the initial stage where you just worry. It's where you keep worrying, right? Because that, if you keep worrying, you, what you do is get in a cycle. And this cycle becomes so intense that you start worrying about other things, okay? And so you have several cycles going on. And your mind's so preoccupied, you can't step out of that box, that cycle of thinking about your hopelessness, about what's going to happen. And what happens is you just become so preoccupied on those things. First of all, physically, you're just being wiped out. The adrenaline's being thrust into your body, and you can't take it anymore. That's supposed to be an emergency thing, not something that's so constant from your worry. You know, like when you fear, you, all of a sudden you're work, awake and alert, right? But that's not supposed to be happening all the time. Fear is like a cousin to anxiety. It's very close. And it, it functions in, in many ways almost the same. But all these things, in any of these things, whether they're real needs or perceived needs, these thoughts instigate a sense of question and doubt about God. And if you allow yourself to think about any of these questions apart from God, you are already stepping into dangerous territory. Now remember, it might not necessarily be anxious anxiety if you know another solution. But if that solution fails, oh no, what am I going to do, right? That's when anxiety comes in. So anxiety is a default, you might say. If you have something to trust in, you won't be anxious. But if that what you're trusting in fails, then you will be anxious. So, But if we, as God's people, could say, God will always be faithful to me, then you will never worry. 
Now, these thoughts will be put into your mind from the evil one at different points. But he's throwing those thoughts in your mind. He will actually bring, well, what are you going to do? And he'll instigate that in your mind. Now, you weren't thinking it. But say that this is a temptation. He put it in your mind. He can do that. The Spirit of God does it, but he does it in a way to build up faith. Satan does it to destroy your faith and confidence in God. So you have to be careful of what you're thinking. I have a whole exercise there for you to trace back what are the actual thoughts you think. Because when you go back to the thoughts that you're thinking, you will see at that point, you'll see identify exactly what attribute about God or the way he's doing things that you doubt. You understand? In my case, what I, I explained about uh, that situation, where am I going to get $7,000 in less than two weeks? You know, impossible. And so what I was worrying about, I worried whether God would actually provide it. So I was assaulting God's character. God said, I'll take care of that. And I didn't believe him. That's where the worry came from. If he didn't break through with his word, that worry would have taken me, consumed me, totally distracted me for that trip. Now, these things are also opportunities to grow in our faith. When these thoughts come in our mind, what will you do in that circumstance? And instead of saying, oh, yeah, what am I going to do? Don't think about it apart from God. Just take God right into your thoughts right away and say, yeah, God, what are you going to do? You see, you're taking that temptation and twisting it around to build up your faith in the Lord. Any questions of this part? It's very important for us to understand. Mm -hmm. I pretty much agree with what, you know, what we're learning here, but is there any time that the fear or worries can be justified? But I was thinking a scenario where um, some, some people almost like, not, I don't want to say driven by the fear, but uh, they fear of um, being unhealthy, therefore they try to take care of their body and exercise. Mm -hmm. Or some people fear uh, losing all their money, so trying to be very um, careful in spending. And mm -hmm. what's wrong with that thought process? Okay, it, it, now it depends which it is. Um, I've already forgot the first one. So the second one is, <laughs> yeah. I, I, fear, uh, I fear my health, so I exercise, mm -hmm. uh, or I spend money to help take care of my health. So what we're talking about is, in one sense, a precaution in our life. And God gives us those precautions about thinking about it. So the, the question is this. Where does concern turn into anxiety? So there's a normal care for our lives where we say, God, how do you want me to take care of my health? But the moment I go and say, oh, what if I lose my health and then my job is, is, is in jeopardy or something? That's the point where we see that I'm being tempted to think about my circumstances apart from God and the solution. I'm going to buy all these vitamins, you know, and I start reading all these reports and I buy all these machines and I've got to be the healthiest person in the world. No time to go to church. I'm going to exercise on my ski machine, you know, and uh, you know, we just go on and on. And there's no end to it because if you accept, once you accept it, you are the savior and you have to make sure you have good health but you're willing to put God outside of your life. And, and that's the trouble. How can we identify that the crucial point where concerns turn into For health, for example. 
I remember one time, I, I was a missionary at that point over in Taiwan, and I had this bump on my back. Oh, I never aware of it before. Oh, what's wrong? And, you know, I started feeling it felt like it was growing an inch every day. <laughs> was it? No, you know it wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, is this the end of my life? And, you know, all those things. A big crybaby here. And uh, in the end, it was just a fatty deposit. And, you know, just cut it off, you know, no problem. <clears throat> but the fear was there. The worry was there. So the concern would be, you can tell the concern is still true when I'm still trusting the Lord. And you're talking normal about the Lord. Lord, what, am I, what do you want me to do about that? Okay? And is there any special thing? And so you're looking to Him for solutions. And you're looking for wisdom. But it's nothing that is distracting you and, and making you depart from obedience. Because if this was what I was thinking about during my devotions time, what do you think I'm thinking about? This, my health. I'm not thinking about what word He has to give me. And so already, when you have something on your mind, like a focus like that, you know there's some misplaced focus where you can't really calm down in the presence of God. Something's out of sorts. Something's out of whack. Um, I was wondering, like, I think most, most of us would not doubt about God's ability to provide. It's more of where God would provide I would be willing to provide in a way that we expect. And uh, especially in your case, like you're worried about whether the seven thousand dollars will come in. Only moments that you might think that maybe God God's plan is not for me to go this time. Therefore the money will not arrive in time. I mean, how how will you how would how will you plan? Okay. I'm going to take that question, which is a good question, and I'm gonna say that belongs to another class. Okay? Um, that has to do about God's will. Okay, I knew what God wanted for me and those people. And I trust him. If somehow the money didn't come in, he was going to take care of them and give them a conference. They would be teaching themselves. I don't know how to solve it. But the point is really, once you know what God wants, you know, then you can follow through. The problem is if you don't have that confidence. Okay, So I, I think your, your question is, is, is very good, but it's on a different topic. More of what does God really want for my life? And because once you know, then this is where this comes in. And in other words, I'm gonna, I need to take care of my family. I need to, uh, oh, my first time preaching. Oh, what is it going to be like? Or I need to watch this child. But I've heard stories about what that child's like, and I'll never be able to watch that child. It could be anything you worry about. And Paul said, you become anxious about exactly what God wants you to do. Oh, of course you can. Then in that case, Ah, you're sneaky. <laughs> but we're talking about anxiety here, and that does fit into it. So what if you're anxious about what God has for your life? And so we, we, we come back and say, is God in control of all the things that happen to me? And again, it's so easy to go into, you take the regular steps of seeking God's will, which I'm not answering here, and on purpose. But it, it, it's, that, it's that whole principle of being able to trust him and begin to praise him. Now, now, let me go on and just show you how to handle this. For example, let's say I'm concerned or worried, maybe, about what's happened in the next step of my life. Now, this is the training, okay? And this is the, the important part. This is where you learn to combat using God's word. Remember, the sword is the, is the word of God, is the way you're going to 
assert the truth and be able to step beyond worry. I believe God always takes care of me, even when I do not see how he's going to do it. Okay? Now the question is, is that true? And let's put it in the context we just heard. I believe God takes care of me, even though I do not know where I might find a job, for example. Okay? Put some reality to it. Okay? Now, is this true? Now, how do you know? Well, you can know whether you're anxious or not, you know? Uh, you can perhaps know if you take certain, you're doing all these things that everybody's doing, but you haven't really been paying attention to how God wants to lead you here. Now, it's important for us to ask whether we really believe it. Now, it's so easy to deceive ourselves, but trust comes from believing that God will timely care for your needs no matter how impossible your circumstances might appear. So, if you say yes, you could be able to do this. Lord, this is the kind of prayer. You always need to be praying through all these things. Lord, I just praise you for the way that you'll take care of my job. I give it to you. You know exactly where you want me to have a job. You know how you're going to provide for my family. You know how you're going to provide for my future. I just thank you so much. Now, if you can pray that prayer and have that peace of heart, you know you're not worried because you believe it. Now, if you can't pray, okay, what do you believe? If you really can't pray that God will take care of that, what you really believe, let me give you an example. I believe, Lord, that I don't really know, think that you're involved in my job situation. In fact, I needed a job a month ago and I don't have one now. What am I going to do? I don't think you're being faithful to me. And what I, so I'm, trying, I'm just trying to do things on my own. If we speak honest about what we really believe, that's what we'll come up with. If we really believe, well, you know, and that's what I'm saying. We just got to be honest with what we're really thinking. And theologically, I know we're all up here, right? But when it comes practically, we are a bunch of doubters. And that every adult doubt that we have is assault against God's character. Assault against God's character. So let's just take the truth of God and, and let's just work it through a little bit here. Uh, here's some verses for us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Memorize a verse like this. Take it and be able to realize, yeah, Lord, sometimes you are going to have me in humble circumstances. That's okay. Don't doubt. Once you're in a humble circumstance, I don't have a job, I'm jobless doesn't mean you give up. No, you're separating God from there. What does he do? You're still under the hand of God, even if you're in a humble circumstance. He has special training for you. And at the right time, God will always come through. And Peter says, notice who's saying this, Peter, right? <laughs> and uh, Peter, cast all your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You're See, this, in the end, I think all anxiety goes back to this. Do you really believe that God always, constantly will care for you? Will he? It's true. But we just doubt it. But it's true. And if once we live in this truth, it begins to bring peace to our hearts. We need God to speak to us through these verses, though. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus very clearly tells us, only be focused on what you need to do that day. Don't focus too far into the future and try to solve all those issues. Some 
He hasn't given you grace yet. But he will give you grace for each day, and you can trust him. And that's why quiet time is a daily thing. You meet with him each day, so he will give you grace for all those things. You know, your children is go child is going through a big temper tantrum. Yeah, or your parent is yelling at you for this, you know. And Just step back and trust God that he's given you grace for that day, for that exam, for that uh, health problem. Paul, be, uh, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Isn't it just amazing? You see, but it's in prayer, and it's taking the anxiety. If you believe in God's word, you have to realize, be anxious for nothing. That means never be anxious. Don't worry about anything. And the reason is because underneath the worry is a doubt in God, but the faith in God always brings peace. And this is where the word of God becomes in. If we can sit down and strengthen ourselves and our minds, he will begin to help us. On your exercise sheet, you will see that I have you find spot. First of all, that thought that you think, how am I going to do it? Public presentation. Now, I've been through this a lot. Oh no, what am I going to say? What if I make a mistake? All those lines can be either a line that leads me to the throne of God. God, you have to help me. Or it's going to be a line that I take onto my own. I'm going to study extra hard. I'm going to do this or that and practice, you know, and think that this is the way I'm going to solve it. It's not. It's the peace before God that He's going to help me to, to give me what I need for that day. So I want to go through some steps to kind of bring this all together. I don't like the steps in one sense because they seem too scientific, but I'm doing it for. I think i got four or five reasons here, and I'm telling you why. First of all, I want you to observe the process to overcome. This will be the same for many different problems that we face. It really is not very different. Once you understand the pattern, then you'll be able to gain confidence in God's Word. I want you to gain confidence in the Lord's process of healing. He really does want you to be an overcomer. He doesn't want you to worry. He wants you to have joy even in difficult circumstances. Be able to focus on other people's needs even when you have a need. That's a hard one. That's where he wants to bring us. So God can minister his love and his wonderful grace through our life in even the difficult circumstances. He wants to transfer the ability to overcome worries in one area of life to another part of our life. You know, I might worry about uh, being overwhelmed about this situation. Well, now I'm doing this, and I tend to worry about this. Well, when God gives me peace here, then I can learn there. And it just becomes tremendous. And lastly, so we can help others to overcome worry. When you begin to overcome worry through God's Word, your confidence is not in yourself, but in God. And then you're going to start look, praying, God, use me. And around you, you're going to find someone, wow, that person sounds real worried. And then what can you do? You know, you sound worried. You know, what's happening? When you hear they're worried, can we have lunch together? Do you know what I've been facing lately? I'd like to share how, you know, God helped me with my worry. You see how it works? It, we're, we're sharing with people on a special level where they begin to see the necessity 
of trusting in God and having a Savior. So let me go through these steps here. There's five steps altogether. And actually, you could merge them together, and I will at the end. Five steps. What are you worrying over? Number one. This is an easy one, right? <laughs> I know what I'm worrying But define it as closely as possible. Okay? Define it as closely as possible. Because what we're going to find in here is the second one. What do you doubt about God's care for you? Because this is where, remember that arrow, that, that that instigates the worry is the thought. That thought that is taking and thinking about things and how you're going to handle life apart from God. That's what makes a difference there, the doubt. What do you doubt about God's care for you? Thirdly, you're going to confess and repent your, from your doubts. For example, I, I'll go back to my situation. I had to repent from not trusting that God would take care of me in those needs. I have so many stories I could share with you. I mean, I, my wife and I, we always, we've doubted so many things. Um, but God's been so faithful to us. But, you know, you, you confess it. Now, there's going to be two levels of confessing. The first part is, God, I have doubted your character about taking care of me. You have been so faithful to Israelites in the Old Testament. Start using God's word. You've been so faithful to me and start naming five ways that God provided for you. And now look at it. I'm doubting about this thing. Will you forgive me about not believing that you are so faithful to take care of such a need? The important part here is when we, and this is important, when you're broken before God, it allows you to have more grace brought into your life. If you're still hardened, then what happens is you, you refuse God's grace to go on. When you begin to confess and repent your doubts in a very clear way like that, allow it is the best. You can write it down though, that's good too. Get it out of from inside your mind, just doing it that way. Write it down or say it out loud. And... Lord, I, I, I can't believe I doubt you like that. I shouldn't doubt like you. You're not like that. So confess your sin in an open and humble but true circumstance way. Remember the I believe this. That's what you're going to confess. When you begin to do that, what happens is it creates an, a soft heart where you can take in God's word. And God will begin at that point bringing more truth into your mind so that you can understand it. Now, I usually link these two points up together, three and four. So my first part of my prayer is a humble confession. God, forgive me. I've done this. I don't trust you that you're so faithful, that you can actually give me enough strength to be able to do that, or that you can take my nervousness away, or that I can really focus on the needs of others when I'm, I get this need myself. Or someone, uh, I don't know how people are going to respond to my presentation, or whatever it might be. But go on and start saying, but God, you are faithful. And start, start declaring what is true. This is where you start taking your memory verses right out and start saying, God, you give, put me in a humble circumstance. That's okay. I'm doing it with that verse we just looked at, right? It's okay for me to be in a humble circumstance. No problem. Because you say you're going to take care of me. And I'm going to trust that you take care of me. I don't know how and I don't know when. That doesn't matter. That's up to you. You said at the right time, you'll exalt me. You'll pull me out. 
And when you do that, you'll see, after you have a broken heart, you'll be able to let the truth of God begin to heal you and bring the peace of God in your life. And lastly, I have, you know, trust him through prayer. It, it, it's basically this one. But it, it's basically kind of just rev- going over in your mind again what he's done for you, that he really is so faithful. Step back and thank him that he's that kind of God. You'll see here there's no big resources that are needed to combat worry. We don't need a third of the U.S. healthcare, $42 billion a year to overcome worry. What people need is to come back to God. People were made to trust in God, and when you don't trust Him, you worry because you don't have anywhere to turn. I'm going to make it even simpler for you. I want to take you to the gates of the Lord's peace. You all want to be there? The Lord's peace passeth understanding. He humbles you and he strengthens you. The humble part is a truth about self and how you trusted in something. That cistern that you hewn out, right? Instead of trusting in God. And now he's broken it, and now you see how you trusted that thing, and you foolish in trusting it. And you just tell God, this is what I like, how foolish I was. On the other part, there's the truth of God. He begins to strengthen you. And truth becomes like an usher that leads us into the gates of peace. You really only need these two truths to bring you there. But I'm telling you, if you don't, I told, went through all those points, so you actually know, if you don't really go through this humbling process, you won't find truth to help you. It's like God's not speaking. God's not speaking because you have not been humble enough, broken down, and say, Lord, I really have said bad things about you. I believe wrong things about you. I think my opinion of you is more right than what you said about yourself. I am so, you know, stinking prideful. Would you please forgive me? And this is what happens. Just a prayer. Now, let me give you an example of a prayer, and and then I'll introduce our exercise sheets, and we'll just have to close. Okay? What should I pray about? No bill to pay. Okay, no money to pay a bill. All right, that's the one I. Okay, we can identify with that. Let's let's pray, Lord. And this is just for example prayer. But Lord, I, I just thank you so much for helping me pray. Right now, Lord, I have a bill, and I've been worrying about it, and I don't know where I'm going to pay it. I have a wife. I have a number of kids, and you know they're asking me for it. I don't know what you want for my life. Would you please forgive me though? Because I know I haven't been trusting you. I've been just trying to figure a way I'm going to do it on my own. I've figured out a hundred ways. And none of those hundred ways work. Now, Lord, I come back to you. I should have come to you in the first place. I need a miracle from you, Lord. I need to know you care for me. I need you to know to help me in this situation. But please forgive me for not trusting you. Because it's Better for me to trust you, Lord, because you're the only one that does care for me and promised to care for me no matter what. But Lord, you said that you would take care of all my needs. And like Jesus, I don't want to worry. 
I know, Lord, that I'm more special than one of those flowers that you cultivated in the field, dressed more fancy than the King of Solomon. You love me. So, Lord, please come and meet my need today. Come, take away all my anxiety and build up my faith that you love me and will take care of me in this impossible situation. Please help me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I would extend that time and I would go on and begin to even declare more truths and start praising him how he's going to provide, even though I don't know how or where and when. And it's basically that kind of motion from humility to being strengthened in the word of God that you're able to break down the lie that got you into worry and the truth to lead you to where you should be, what's normal, remember the history of anxiety, of actually trusting in him and deliberating in his goodness toward you in impossible situations. Uh, if you want to come over this afternoon, I can tell you more stories. But I, uh, I, I have so many I could share with you. But God is so faithful. Uh, just quickly, there's four exercises I gave you. If you just choose one and do it, I'll be happy, okay? How's that? No more anxiety, right? Um, the first one is observe your anxious responses. That's the easiest. It's just answering some simple questions and one evaluative question. Two, trace your anxious thoughts and responses. Okay, this is a little bit more extensive, like the assignment we had last week. You might like that kind. Going through the last time you were anxious and kind of just thinking about what was happening during that time. A third one is how to prevent anxiety. Actually, the last two are preventative. One is on how to start it, and the other one is how to combat it. I won't go into it, but it's somewhat what we talked about today. But it helps you in more detail to go at step by step. We're trying to tackle this in one hour's time, and it's never enough. I have actually uh, have a whole series on this on the web that you can get. Overcoming anxiety, discovering God, and finding peace. And uh, feel free to go through that. That will go through step by step all these things rather than merging them all in one confused talk like today. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, praise God. He's faithful and he cares for us. And let me just close in a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness. I mean, absolutely. Who is like you who can provide and take care of us and no matter what difficult circumstance that we face? You give us so many lives, so many days to live. We pray that every day would be a day where God's perfect peace captures our heart. A day where the Spirit of God can work in our lives even though we don't know the answers to important questions that we're asking because we trust you. Lord, you want to build up our faith and sometimes bring us through these humble circumstances. But for you, Lord, you're just as close as always. So, Father, scatter the evil one and all his lies with the truth of God. We take in the sword and ask that you might build up our faith for the glory of your name. For there's no God like you, so excellent and mighty, who cares for people, your people, your children, all over the world. In Christ we pray. Amen. This concludes this message on overcoming anxiety, possessing God's peace. This is Discipleship 2 series, Intermediate Discipleship, Reaching Beyond Mediocrity, Lesson 5.
This has been produced by Biblical Foundations for Freedom, www.foundationsforfreedom.net. On this website, you'll find many, many interesting biblical, helpful articles. Thank you.